This is the official Caps Chirp Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I am here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on, Caps fans? Caps fans, we've got a great episode for you today, as always, our Monday episode. Full disclosure, this is before the Seattle game, uh, because we just don't have it in us to to be watching that shit so late. We will watch it, but after recording has concluded, because it's a 10.30 start time. If you're new to this, uh, of course, we'll be talking about... League news, suspensions, injuries, things like that. And, of course, the Washington Capitals, your very own. Um, If you're an OG, love you, mean it. Love you, mean it. So, Polly, I think that uh, after that we should just kind of – I'm thirsty. Yeah, man, me too. Let's get it. One, two, three. All right. So just at the tip of the show, uh, when I'd, I'd like to just kind of, you know, I still have it in, in the sense of like the whole internet trolling thing going, which ha- is the, uh, the, the, I guess, inspiration for my name. <clears throat> um, you know, hockey troll, pretty, pretty straightforward there. Uh, well, I was shitting on Penguins fans. It's my favorite target. Uh, and, and this was after they'd lost to, I believe it was Buffalo and they just, you know, we had just kicked their ass. Buffalo beat them. And, you know, I was just like, you know, the end is near, like, fuck the penguins. You were gifted everything. (laughs) Your cups are a lie. Um, just random shit. And I get into it with a couple people and one guy just keeps, I don't even know what he was saying, but he was talking about how it was dust and how was, he, he could dangle me on the ice. And I was like, doubt it, but okay. And then this other guy though, he says something that just blows my mind. He's like, cause it's always like, as soon as I start talking shit, you know, of course they look at my, my bio and they're like, they attack the podcast without ever listening to it, which is fine. Like I would do the same thing probably. Um, but I, 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 the, the, he, he leaves it. So he, he says, real professional way to build your brand. I can't believe you're doing that. And blah, blah, blah. And then he blocks me <laughs> and deletes tweets. Um, and it's like build the hockey troll brand in which you're literally like, I mean, my handle is hockey troll. My display name is hockey troll. Might have handles actually hockey troll in with an I in, but it's pretty on the nose. So I'm building what brand? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he was, uh, I guess he was saying you're being real professional building Caps Chirp this way, but, uh, you know, you are building, and that's exactly what you were doing, is you were being <laughs> a hockey troll. Right. And... On, on the podcast called Caps Chirp. It's not like... Caps will be nice to you no matter what shitty team you support. <laughs> exactly. I mean, like, Caps Chirp is just like an extension of the Hockey Troll brand. Like, Hockey Troll is a subsidiary of Caps Chirp. I mean, like, the the whole thing is based around give, giving people shit if you don't <laughs> if you're not Caps. 
And yeah, man, I, I just remember, you know, you sent me that Snapchat. You were like, man, I'm killing it. And so I, I checked it out. And <laughs> the one dude who was talking about dangling you, that was weird. That yeah. was real weird. It, um, he just, you know, daddy didn't hug him enough. That's for sure. Yeah, it was like he was like a, a letter Kenny wannabe kind of guy. Yeah. And the other dude who blocked you, uh, yeah, he you could tell that he you really flustered him because he just <laughs> I will I will give him credit. Yeah. Um, when he put out that that tweet that said how many listens will your podcast get zero or none, the the voting options that was that was pretty clever, dude. He did that uh, in response to me putting out a poll that said how many L's is the whatever the dude's handle going to take tonight? Because I kept true. just you're right. So I did that, and then he just responded with, like, a poll. I mean, like shooting fish in a barrel, these Penguins fans. They're, they're dumber than fucking rocks. I mean, it's just so easy to get them mad and, and just work themselves into into a, into a fluster there, I'd say. It really is, and it, I, I did forget that, so I retract that. That was that was your idea, and that was your clever clever move. Um, you know, if, if there were winners and losers here, you clearly won. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. If they, if there were winners and losers on the internet battlefield, <laughs> yeah, sadly there are no winners. No, no. Which is what you have to. I mean, you have to know that going in, and it makes you literally unbeatable. <laughs> yeah, nothing to lose. Right, nothing to win either. I just do it because I yeah. like to watch the world burn. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, fuck the penguins and their fans, but. uh I think we should get into some league news. We got Kendall Coin Showfield uh, book out as fast as her. Tell us about it, Polly. Yeah, so uh, you know, it's talking about her her journey through her career, um, and obviously her experience with the All Star Game where she competed in the fastest skater. I'm sure that'll be a big part of it. I'm sure a big part of it will be. Her 2018 Olympic gold medal, along with her, I think, six world championship golds and a 2014 Olympic silver and another silver at Worlds. Um, And then, you know, at that competition, she finished better than Clayton Keller. Uh, Her time was 14. Who, Who won, correct? Clayton Keller was the winner. No, no. Connor McDavid was the winner that year. Oh, okay. But so she finished better than Clayton Keller, and her time had beaten three times from the previous year. <laughs> so she was very much in the mix with the fastest skaters in the best league in the world, you know, showing that she is on their level, absolutely. And, uh, you know, you can get her book, and I'm sure there'll be more in there than just her pro and USA career. I'm sure it'll be stuff uh, growing up and stuff it um you know i'm gonna i'm probably gonna be buying that because it's it's gonna be a good read i'm sure She's yeah a, you're gonna very have to person. next season or the season after you're gonna have to uh, fill us in on how it was after you finish it yeah it takes me about two years to read a book but <laughs> um you know she's only 29 already we- i mean she's wearing the c for team usa she's you know, theoretically she's got 11 more years of professional hockey if she so chooses yeah and she's uh, doing she's she's dipped her toes into the broadcasting i mean yeah 
she's doing it all. And, you know, all these – she's just like any other professional athlete who stays busy, right? Yeah, and she's um, currently the youth hockey growth specialist for the Chicago Blackhawks. So she is growing the game, playing the game, and she has called games – you know, really, the only thing she hasn't done is uh, be a referee, and I'm sure that I wouldn't be surprised if she does that sometime as well. Yeah, and I mean, and that this all on top of being a mom, I'm pretty sure she has kids too, right? Um, I'm not totally sure. I know she's a wife. Yeah. Uh, her husband. They're both professional athletes, so you know that household has a Super Bowl champion and an Olympic gold medalist. No pressure. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just don't have kids. I don't know if they could live up to it, man. <laughs> yeah, it really, it's kind of kind of putting them in a bad position. <laughs> yeah, um, but interesting. I mean, I hope it's a, I hope it's a good book. Uh, we'll have to we'll have to check it out for sure. And if you if you're looking for it, it's out. It's called As Fast as Her. So check it out if you want, Caps fans. Um, yeah, and just one more thing on that. One of the few good things that the Blackhawks have done in recent history: mm-hmm. hiring her. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, the Senators had three games postponed as 10 players were in the COVID-19 protocol. Uh, you know, I wonder at what point does the league just say like, yo, you fucked up, like take the forfeit. I'm sure that they're trying to be as fair as possible because it seems to be quite out of the control of the league. But, you know, and having three postponed is obviously much better than having a can- any canceled um, or decided by non-play. But, I mean, Paulie, what do you think? It would fuck everything up large if all of the teams don't play the same amount of games by the end of the year, don't you think? Yeah, it would. Um, I mean, I think that you either have to make them up or give a forfeit. I mean, you have to have – I think you have to keep the integrity of the point system – or not integrity, the consistency. Right. Um, I know one game has – I think it's against New Jersey – has been rescheduled for December 6th. I did see one of them is rescheduled. And they're back on the ice, I believe, for practice now. Yeah. At least the guys who weren't in protocol. So they'll be back soon. But I, I think they either have to make them up or hand out forfeits because just adjusting points and percentages and stuff just isn't – it's it's not not a good idea. Yeah, it doesn't seem fair either when it looks like the majority of the league is going to be able to come in and play all 82 games. So Yeah, and I, I think another thing you know, with, with COVID, people who are vaccinated are still getting it. So, you know, there, there's really no 100% certainty of not catching it. And so it could be, it could be you know, a freak accident that someone got it and then it spread like wildfire through the uh, – locker room it could have been that they were irresponsible or it could have been uncontrollable so once you start handing out forfeits then you have set a precedent and now you could get yourself in some uh some murky water yeah and i'm not saying that they should have to forfeit games right now i'm just wondering if the if the case gets bad or or particularly bad with one team what happens you know all of this is being done out of an abundance of caution I haven't heard, you know, I've heard that for the most part, like nobody like last year was bedridden, like closest to death they've ever been. I mean, things like that are are the stories that you were hearing last year from our players. 
It was not. Yeah. It, it, now it's more like, yeah, I had like some, I had a pretty bad cold for a couple days, which is good because that's because, you know, they're vaccinated and they're, they're obviously equipped to, to fight it, but that doesn't mean that they can't spread it, which is why there's a huge, you know, lockdown situation, which I also agree with, you know, I mean, why would you want to expose people who wouldn't be, you know, in this shit? Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, Absolutely. And I, I think if they ever get to a point where they have to start making decisions, it'd almost be better off to just like bring up their entire AHL roster and have them play until the NHL team is cleared rather than handing out forfeits. Yeah, but I mean, and that's the thing, like maybe give them a break on like who has to clear like for these X amount of games, like you can just play the, the a ton of minor leaguers and then send them back down without being victim to the waiver wire or anything like that. You know what I mean? With that and cap considerations, things like that are out the door or I mean, it, it's a, it's a big ball of fucking wax, you know, obviously. Yeah. But, um, I would be more happy to see that like a some leeway given on the rules of cap the cap constraint rules, which is probably why they, cause with 10 players, you can't bring that many up without subjecting, you know, some of your promising prospects to the waiver wire from what I understand or sacrificing entry level year, you know, entry, like their first year, uh, as a pro or, or in, in the league or, or whatever, um, ELC contracts, shit like that. I'm sure. There's a lot of things that are, that are floated around, um, with myriad of players, but, um, anyways, Jared Bednar has signed a two year extinction ex- extension with the avalanche. He's in his sixth season in Denver. Uh, you like this guy, Polly? you like this Jared Bednar kind of strikingly yeah. mysterious figure behind the bench. Yeah. I mean, first of all, he's, he's so he's handsome. <laughs> Get those baby um, yeah. blues, deep baby blues. Yeah, he- what 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 a what a piece of eye candy when you're watching the game, um, <laughs> like that but, tuft of hair that just kind of like yeah. falls down. You know, he's almost he's like as close to like a an anime character that you could probably get, uh, in in real life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I, I like him. I, I think he's he took over from Patrick Waugh, who had a very disappointing time. <laughs> with the the avalanche which was a shame because it was really exciting to have Patrick Wall behind the bench and Joe Sackick in the office but um you know they weren't really good at the beginning of McKinnon's career under Patrick Wall and Jared Bednar has steadily grown this team and you know they they were a, a team missing the playoffs when Duchesne was there and now you know, they, they finally made the playoffs again, and then they made it to the second round, and then they were a really blown offside call away from the semifinals. <laughs> and, uh, you know, last year, President's Trophy. So he has taken them very far in the last six years, and I think it's a good idea to keep him around. And I didn't see what he's being paid, but um, he definitely deserves to keep his job. And I think it's a bright future for the avalanche having him there. That's cool. I, I didn't realize he took over directly for Wah. I thought there was a coach in between, but uh, I'll never forget Patrick Wah and Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux almost fighting. That would have been 
probably a one-sided beatdown. But I think I think I feel <laughs> yeah. like I feel like Boudreaux would have would have taken a ch- like a pound of flesh. I mean, I feel like he got his ass kicked, but I feel like he's the type of guy that would just like bite you in the nuts or something. <laughs> well, he he's probably like one of those bulldogs that can just eat punches. <laughs> right, Gabby. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, I and then, you know, obviously Patrick was like well over 6 foot and uh pretty stout himself, but I feel like he'd probably be missing a chunk of flesh after that after that scrap. Um <laughs> What a shit show. Just thinking about that replay, I remember like the the partition, they were like pushing it back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, the the New York Islanders played their first game in the new arena on on Saturday, the twentieth. They lost five to two to Calgary, um, but this was their first home game of the season. And and I remember watching a Caps game, and Joby and Locker were like, "Have the Islanders even played a home game yet?" And Locker's like, "No, no, they haven't." And I thought they were joking. I thought they were being like sarcastic, um, but turns out, yeah, the Islanders have been waiting for their UBS or whatever uh, arena to be open and it is now open and they just opened, they christened it with a five, two L to Calgary, which, you know, typical Islander uh, style hockey there, but uh, good for them. You know, I think that they're probably feeling pretty good about that. I, I, you know, this is a team that moved from Nassau to Barclays and then all of the Long Island folks lost their entire shit over having to drive to Brooklyn, which was like a six hour round trip. Uh, and now they're back into, uh, Long Island. I'm guessing, is that where UBS is? It's in Long Island, right? Yeah. It's on Long Island in Manhattan. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's in Manhattan. I believe so, yeah. Interesting, interesting. Um, so it, it, I guess that reduces the drive by an hour and all the uh, all the shitbag Long Islanders are, are just pumped about it, right? Oh, they've got to be. I mean, I mean, can you imagine if the, you know, the Caps moved their arena to Virginia Beach? Yeah, that would suck. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, no, no. This arena is, is, it's on, it's past Queens. It's on Long Island, right? It's on the island. But it's like in between Queens and like going uh, even more east into like Huntington, Farmingdale. Like it's, it's, I guess you would consider that Elmont. Interesting. They call it Hempstead. All right, well... Okay, yeah, my bad. Um, it is it is Elmont. I, I guess I saw some headline. It said something about Manhattan, uh, and I, I must have misread something. But yeah, Elmont, New York. So it's um, it looks like it's southeast of Queens, right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, <clears throat> on the map, it's basically smack dab in the middle of the island, just out of like the Queen Queens kind of uh, territory. So. You know, good for you, Islanders fans. Finally have another home arena. Uh, I could see going through tw- Queens and into, like, the the western tip of Brooklyn being absolute 
nightmare, though, for sure. Yeah, I mean, having to go travel on the island, you know, through the island, yeah. and then through two different boroughs, that's brutal. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> or you could just not live in New York. Yeah, I actually met a guy two months ago, grew up on Long Island, but he grew up a Rangers fan because mm-hmm. growing up, um, he'd get blacked out, so he didn't get to watch the Islanders. The Rangers were on TV, and so he became a Rangers fan just because that's who was on. Interesting. So the Islanders just keep giving themselves disadvantages, I guess. <laughs> right, right. Um, all right, moving on. New Jersey hosted the 11th USA Hockey Sled Classic this past weekend. 31 teams affiliated with an NHL team across five divisions. I don't know. Uh, I mean, figure this is an amateur tournament, right? Yeah. So, yeah, I I need to correct what I put in the outline. It it looks very much like it's an amateur tournament because I saw something that said USA Hockey in association with, and there was an amateur organization. So there's no, there's uh, no pro sled hockey circuit. Is there? Well, yeah, I just meant like, um, I don't think like Olympians are in this tournament. I see what you're saying. Um, yeah. And so, I mean, I guess maybe next year there'll be 32 teams now that Seattle is active, but they, um, so basically what it is is you have to like get a, you know, get approval from the team to represent them. I'm sure mm. they have teams to choose from. But in order to play, uh, you have to play for the team closest to your you know, your location. So I guess if you lived in the middle of Pennsylvania, you'd have to map it out and see if you're a flyer or a, a penguin. But Oh, it's like Mighty Ducks, like he's part of District 12. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, it yeah it's definitely it's it's very geographical based and you know the pictures that they posted the jerseys look i mean it, they'd probably get like authentic jerseys and it looks like they're playing in the nhl with those those sweaters they had on um, That's tight. But the the winners were the blackhawks took tier one the penguins took tier two blue jackets took tier three the golden knights won tier four and the Islanders won tier five. So was well, that a four out of five? No, the Blackhawks are in the West. So I guess as as evenly split as it could be, three and two between the conferences. Yeah. <clears throat> um, but as far as the NHL goes, I mean that's three metro metro uh, metro teams. Uh, not that that matters too much, but you know, goddamn the Penguins, man, like. I hate to see them high anywhere. Yeah. I hate to see them win anything. Uh, but hey, you know what? This sounds like a really great thing. Uh, I, I really hope that uh, the NHL has done their part to partner with this. We don't really have all the details on that. But uh, it for, for at least for the Paralympic and, and the, the um, you know, I guess, would you call it disabled community? Um, I'm not sure if there's a, a different term, but yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, that. yeah. So, I mean, that's awesome. 
It sounds like a lot of fun too. I bet that was a. I bet there was many beers a drink during that. Oh yeah, during that tourney, dude. <laughs> I did <laughs> like, find. Bro, uh... Go ahead. Oh, I found a, an interesting tidbit in the eligibility. Uh-huh. Actually, each team is allowed three able-bodied players. What? Um, to yeah. be on the sled, though. Yeah, yeah, I imagine that they they play on the sled. Uh, the only restriction is they can't play goalie. Interesting. I wonder why that's a rule. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, I doubt that that's the rule for like international play. Yeah, and maybe it was like they had local celebrities or something come in. You know, like local people of influence play or something. I don't know. I don't. Um. I mean, Weird. it could be to fill on the roster. I mean, maybe when you get to a certain true. level of competition, true, you true. need, yeah, just getting a few uh, people with more hockey experience instead of, you know, to, to kind of make up for the uh, smaller pool to pick from. Right. I mean, that's, you're looking at like, a, I mean, if it's 31 teams, you're looking at 150 players, right? They're, those. They. Well, I think it was 600 participants. Holy shit. Well, that's probably why if you need like two full lines. I mean, yeah. So if you look at two full lines, I was just saying like at the bare minimum to field a six-man team, you're looking at over 150 people that you need to actually play and be good. Um, Yeah. So, I mean, if they allow a 20-man roster, there's your 600 right there. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And I, I would venture to say there's probably not 600 in the country that could play or at least had the means to come and play in this tournament. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's definitely a lot of variables and that I think kind of fills in the gap why they have the three able-bodied people allowed to participate. Um, Right. But either way. Yeah. Like, like you said, this is, this is a great tournament. Um, and it's another good way to, to showcase the game. This, I think this definitely, falls along the lines of hockey is for everyone, you know, showing that mm-hmm. you know, just because you're not hundred percent able-bodied, you can still play the game and there's a place for you to play the game. And we want you to play, you know, that's USA hockey's message, right? If you want to play, we want you. So I think having stuff like this is really, really great. No doubt. No doubt. Um, so good stuff there. And then our last bit of kind of like hockey league news is former captain of the Ohio State University women's t- hockey team, Olivia Soares, is in her first year of coaching the D3 Colby College. I'm not sure. Is that a, is that a head coach position, Polly? No. So she she's an assistant uh, this season. But, you know, we, we – um, this is building on a story we talked about a couple weeks ago. She's another another black woman coaching NCAA hockey. And uh, William Douglas did a nice write-up in the Color of Hockey section, NHL.com, if you want to hear more about that. But, you know, another another high-level player uh, of a person of color giving back to the game and helping break down barriers. Awesome. Good stuff. So our injuries, Drew Doughty skated with the Kings Friday. First time since October 22nd, taking a knee-to-knee against Dallas. No timetable on his return, but he is skating. Max Comatoy out six weeks to the hand surgery. On the 18th, he had a small bone removed from his hand. That's got to suck. 
Um, yeah. Darnell Nurse, out two to three weeks with a broken finger, shot block there. Uh, that's got to hurt. It's got to hurt Edmonton, who's already kind of, you know, they're in good standing right now. But, you know, I feel like that's a bubble that could burst any time. No matter how many goals Drawsidal scores and how many points Connor McDavid has, two people cannot win a uh, Stanley Cup. Uh, Braden Point is out indefinitely with an upper body injury. He sustained it during the 5-3 loss to New Jersey on Saturday. Crashing the boards for being tripped by Ryan Graves while on a breakaway at 10.06 of the third period. Brutal. Yeah, I would guess a collarbone. Yeah, and that's what? Two months? Easy? Yeah, easy. Easy? Yeah, collarbones are the worst. Um, yeah, I mean, you're going to feel that no matter what you do. Mm-hmm. And our final suspension injury slash suspension, or is it LeBlanc or LeBlanc? You know, whatever. Suspended one game for slew-footing Tyler Bozak. This one, you know, I saw this, and it almost looks like LeBlanc kind of just loses his footing and takes him down with him, which he shouldn't do, but they were pretty close. I mean, it was... Uh, I don't know. Polly, did you watch the replay? Yeah, I think it looked pretty blatant. Did you? Um, okay. Yeah, I, mean, I was watching the replay, and I was like, yeah, okay. That, that makes sense. Right, I mean, this is absolutely something that I would do. Like... I'm yeah, going down. But, you know, I think we, you're coming with me. Yeah, I think we've established on this podcast that almost everything that people get suspended for, hockey troll does. <laughs> what or would do? Would do? I don't do them. You yeah, act like I'm out here. You act like I'm out here, literally. Like, oh yeah, I'm all in on on just out to hurt someone. It's not true. Only if the occasion calls for it. Yeah, exactly. I have some fucking self control. Mm-hmm. Some is in italics there. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I don't know. You would do it too, dude. Shut the fuck up. I you. I don't even want to hear it. You're going into the boards that hard, full speed, and you like you start to lose an edge. You're definitely taking this dude down with you. Yeah, I can tell you though. I would definitely rather be slew footed in this situation than like the guy's falling and he pushes you head first into the boards. Like, yeah, it could have been worse. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I mean, on accident or not, you're taking somebody out. Probably on accident for you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and my amazing skating abilities. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't just say that. It's just that you're, you know, you're a force out there, bud. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a uh, bowling ball on skates, pretty much. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Both. You know what else is a force? What? This deal from DraftKings. Yeah. So the <laughs> the NHL season is underway, and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer to celebrate the greatest sport on ice. New customers can bet just one dollar on any NHL game and win a hundred dollars in free bets if either team scores a goal. Doesn't matter if it's a one-time clapper or a deft deflection. However, they light the lamp, you win. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cast prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes in their first deposit. Download 
DraftKings Sportsbook app. Now use promo code THPN, throw down $1 on any NHL game and win $100 in free bets if either team scores a goal. This week, one puck in the net nets you a big win with promo code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Must be 21 or older. New Jersey and NPA only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wage required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Nice assist there, Pauly. Thanks, man. You know, uh, I love tossing out apples. Yeah. I'm just I'm just like a little Shetland. Just eating them all up. <laughs> all right. All right. Let's talk about the caps, baby. Let's go. Let's do it. All right, Caps fans, look, I mean, it has been an amazing week. So if you're a Washington Capitals fan, you're probably riding high, loving life, as you should be. Um, Look, I mean, we're, again, we're omitting the Seattle game, which may end disaster uh, after tonight, but... I, the way the Caps are playing, I would I think that smart money is on the Washington Capitals to win. Um, they'll be up, they'll be going up against Philip Grubauer, who has had a fucking stinker of a season. I know personally because I have him on my fantasy team, and he has fucked me <laughs> every way from fucking Saturday, and it's not been fun because and you know I should have known this. I should have known this because when he went to Colorado, when when Grubby went to Colorado, I was like, you got to give him a pass, man. I mean, he's a starting goalie, first starting job. Give him a year, right? One year, you always give a goalie a year to adjust. I thought maybe Grubauer, because it's a new team, because it's new everything, he might be able to come in and hit stride real quick because, you know, he's their guy. He was their their biggest free agent acquisition – uh, with all of the like embarrassment of riches that the expansion teams get. And, you know, it just, you know, it just goes to show that Vegas was so lucky during this, during their expansion that McPhee must have just taken him into this room and it was basically like, there is the barrel. I can either chain you to it or tie you to it. Do you like, do you like shackles or rope? And I mean, that's really what happened because. You look at this and, and, I mean, GMs were fucking panicking over this. It's so clear right now if you look back at, like, the expansion and how, how things went. Like, you know, this is probably a segment in its own. But I'll just say, like, I think that Seattle, with the availability they had and, like, in the COVID season, I mean, they had the worst start with, with COVID happening and we're, we're still in it. Um, you know, I think that they what they really were looking for is something to build upon through the draft. So they understood, like, okay, we're not going to be Vegas right off the bat because, like, GMs aren't literally just, like, taking on – like, they're walking into the room and just, like, stripping naked. Like, just take this. Here's my Rolex. Here's my phone, my wallet, my keys, Lambo's outside, right? They were instead, like, fuck you, Seattle. Like, what are you going to give me? Okay, took – you know, there there was not a lot of bluffing going on, and there was not a lot of like assets in which they thought they needed, at least I guess, across the NHL. So there were literally no back channel deals. Um, and you look at you look at Seattle, and you're just like, fuck. I mean, they said what we're gonna do is acquire draft picks, get guys who we can who who basically I feel like Seattle for the first couple of years their their entire uh, strategy is like a five-year plan. They really want to like be transient, and they didn't. They didn't take any high-dollar people. 
They saved cap space. They didn't pay out the ass for anybody on free agency. They kept prospects. They, they, they kept guys who have a lot of potential in the league. And I think that what they want to do is flip them at the right time to bring in heavy hitters. But again, I don't know. I mean, I just went on a rant about Seattle. I mean, it's mostly my rant about hating Vegas, but what do you think? Yeah, I saw a tweet. Uh, Someone tweeted, it's good to see an expansion team acting like an expansion team or something like that. I guess. Um, Yeah, I mean, it was, what, the first expansion draft in like 20 years. So these guys weren't ready for it. And the fact that another one was basically, I mean, within half a decade, everybody was still ready for it. Right. Um, Nobody forgot about about the barrel room. (laughs) Yeah. Nobody forgot about the barrel room when Seattle had to break in. So, I mean, all the uh, all the GMs went out, bought themselves an imp suit and they were like, it's our turn. <laughs> yeah, like all leather, the ball gag and everything. I mean, fuck me. Uh, all right, enough about Seattle. We got him tonight. Should be an ass kicking. We'll see. Um, but on the 17th, we were in Anaheim. So this is the, the start of our West Coast trip. And, you know, spoiler alert, the Caps fucking killed it. The Anaheim Ducks were, um, you know, they're right now leading their division, I believe. They're on the tippy top. Uh, They're playing really well on the back of Troy Terry, who, me, genius GM in fantasy, picked this kid up early. I was like, Troy Terry, lighten it up. I'm going to grab him. Um, Ill-advised, I trade three players to Pauly for fucking Tyler Bertuzzi, who... Hasn't done a goddamn thing. Like, at least go out and hit somebody, you fucking weird-looking dude with long hair. Uh, I got him at the right time. Or I got rid of him at the right time. Okay, Paulie, shut the fuck up. I came to you with the trade. I was like, I'll give you these three studs because I have a I have a plethora of incredible offensive talent. And you were like, I don't think that's a good trade. And I'm like, dude, it's I gave you Verhage, Buchnevich, and Eric, Erickson Eck. So... Anybody who's playing fantasy out there, they know in this past week how bad it's looked for me. Uh, you're, I think those guys combined scored like eight points this week. Yeah, I mean, uh, I think they're the only reason that I have a chance of winning this week. You're welcome. You're um, welcome. Everything, that, yeah. every success that you have is due to me. Just so you say, so you know. Well, basically, what you're saying is you put yourself in the barrel room. I did. I was very, I was freaking out. Well, cause you know, so here's the thing. Efficiency is so key to me, right? Like I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I, I need things to be efficient and the way that I do well in fantasy, which I, I have yet to win a single fantasy league yet, but my strategy, which I've settled on, whether it be right or wrong is all about usage. You want to be able to so like, you know, and now they've done a good job on Yahoo fantasy, uh, shout out Yahoo sponsor us. Um, They've done a good job of saying, like, well, how many games you're going to, how many players you have to play at the beginning of the week. And, and then they have a little counter of how many are, are out. You don't, you, first of all, you want to have more players than the, the, that are playing than your opponent. And you want to have like a, a nice, healthy each day somebody's playing, you know, you have a, you know, five, three to five players at least playing. 
Um, and then on your Saturdays or the big days, you have like everyone, every spot. And then you might have to take, make only a couple decisions. I don't like to make a lot of decisions. I just want to make a couple decisions. Like, okay, well, you know, Marshan, he's always going to play. But like, you know, is this middling forward who's still a starter going to be playing like a team that, where the, I suspect they're going to score a lot? If not, I'll bench him for somebody who's going to play a cupcake, you know? Yeah, I mean, I do the same thing. When when you have to make that choice, you got to look at their matchup. Right. But, I mean, ideally you would avoid – the way that I found to avoid that whole situation is – and, you know, I don't study the schedules. I should. That would probably be the first thing that you would do using this strategy, which I don't. I just wait until I'm like, why are all my players playing on one day? I need to, like, panic and trade away three players for one subpar one. Um, and – that's what I did. And I was like, mm, Tyler Bertuzzi, he seems like he's really breaking out this season. And it's great that he's on like a shitty Detroit team because he's going to be potting them in. You know, there's that, there's always that one player who's on a shitty team who's, who's still making good stats. And I'm like, oh, that's a great find because everybody's going to count the rest of the team out. But you have that one guy. Whatever. You know what? Fuck it. Polly, if you win this season and you have both of the, all three of those players on those rosters, you owe me dinner. Oh, I think that's a stretch, but <laughs> yeah, I might. You know, maybe maybe I'll treat you just to, you know, get out of the house. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, uh, just to circle back to Anaheim, they're actually yeah. so they're in third in the division, but mm. they're only three points behind Edmonton. So, okay. Um, they're they're very much better off than I think anyone would have expected. Let me let me pull. Well, up I believe the, at uh, this point in the week they were like first, like after beating us, they were in first. So it was never time lost for us Caps uh, fans here. And and you know of course we we remain perfect in in consistency. Yeah, consistency is key here. Um, Getzloff gets his one thousandth point. You know. Nick Jensen, though, dude, this snipe was incredible. But because it was an inch offsides. Well, this play, though, looked pretty egregiously offsides. Didn't yeah. it? Yeah, it, it was. And it actually, I think it would have been Johnson Fialbi's first goal. I think he got a piece. Oh, really? We entered the zone. Uh, you know, a couple shots happened. And then finally, Jensen snipes it in or... or, or gets it in somehow we score so it was you know a solid 30 seconds after the offsides happened from what i remember yeah but once they went to the interview i saw the first first go and i was like yep that's that's coming off the board yeah oh yeah i mean he was so look so we talked about this in preseason you know there's going to be a time where so right anymore, possession of the puck carrier is becoming more lax. So you can control the puck, go skates in first, and then drag the puck over before your other teammates, and it's still considered onsides because you technically have possession of the puck. Now, possession yeah. is so insanely hard to judge because it's fucking hockey. No one ever truly possesses the puck. It's not like basketball or lacrosse. Or football, where like the person's allowed to like hold the puck, or hold the ball, or the or in their you know close to them and have complete control. But like you know possession 
was definitely not had with this. I mean, I think it was Sprung that brought it over. And he went skates in first and was, like, reaching for... So, uh, it was a pretty easy call. Um, Fuckboy Zegris gets uh, ends it in overtime for the Caps. Uh, like I said, we remain perfect, you know. I have no idea why I hate Trevor Zegris, but I just I don't like that kid's face. Yeah, that was uh, that was a snipe. Well, I thought it was off a rebound, but I mean, he blew it past him. Did we um, give up a, like a two on one on this one? I think it. Um, I don't recall exactly. Be VTech high. I don't know. I fell asleep at literally every single one of the last, like the last 10 minutes of these games. I fell asleep every single one, to be completely honest. But check well, that out and let us know. I'm going to move on to L.A. Well, um, uh, oh, you got it. Wilson Wilson had the other goal. Uh, yeah. Well, Garrett Pilon did score. Fevyari uh, yeah. and Carlson, they assisted both goals. And so, that's our top pairing right now. Yeah. You know, Carly, I will say, has been a bit bit quiet on the goal the goaling uh, side, but he's got to be racking up many assists. And uh, him and Faviari, I mean, Martin Faviari, man, dude, the kids, the kids playing with fire. Let's just be honest. Well deserved. We knew he was going to be, you know, at the end of last season. We knew that he was going to be a guy that was going to earn a spot or had already been basically insta-locked into a spot for this year's team. But I had, I figured he'd be kind of like a young uh, Carl Alsner, if you will. Shout out Carl. Um, more of like a stay-at-home physical guy? No. Yeah. This dude wheels. Yeah, I mean, he jumps up into the play a lot. Yeah, and no doubt. He he makes it count. Yeah, yeah, and I mean he's not afraid. I mean he just plays with such poise. He's he just it seems like he's a guy. You know when he plays, if you didn't know he was a rookie, you'd have no idea. For sure, um, you know, and I just watched the replay. It, it was a, a slot snipe. Oh, was v, it VTech? He, he beat VTech high glove. Okay, I was must be confused. It must have been another. Another goal I was talking about, but okay, brutal. Trevor Zegers, do well in the Olympics. Yeah, if you don't do well in the Olympics, then just just quit because I don't care how well you do in the NHL if you don't don't do sh- if you don't do shit for uh, USA. Exactly. So this week has been kind of a, um, I mean it's. Probably nice for the Caps, but also a little bit of a a, a weird one. It was two back-to-backs. So it was the 17th and 18th. And then on the 18th, uh, we went into L.A. And then tonight, we're ending the West Coast trip against the Ka- Kraken. But last night, we played against San Jose. Yeah, and the, they left Lars Eller in Anaheim. Yeah, it's like peace. Uh, so Eller has been, I don't even know, what's the progn- COVID-19 protocol? Is that what it is? Yeah. Yeah, so it's probably not safe for him to travel, so he kind of had to be left, I'm sure. Um, but going into L.A., uh, I'm going to say, this is, Caps win 2 nothing, 
But it came down to like what minutes left in the third. <clears throat> and I'm gonna be honest, this is like one of the most exciting and interesting games of the season so far, Polly. What did you think? Yeah, I mean I I liked it a lot. Um I thought even though the scoring took a while, it was a real good game, a good back and forth game. Uh, I also I did really enjoy the chrome helmets. You've enjoyed them? Yeah. You have terrible taste. I hate them. I hate them. I don't like these shiny helmets, dude. At at all. Well, I'm a Notre Dame fan, so I'm I'm partial to it. You did know? you like the Vegas ones though? Um. Honestly, not really because I don't think they did a good job matching it up with the jersey. If they right. had done a better job on the on the jersey, it may have looked good. But um, I think the Kings did a much better job of meshing the shiny helmet with the jersey. The the Knights could definitely take notes. <laughs> but in Notre Dame's de- uh, defense, there is some like stupid. Uh, school history about like the gold top, right? Like the golden dome. Yeah, they use the they use the paint from the the golden dome of Main Hall. When they scrape it off and melt it down and turn it back into like fresh paint. What? No, they don't. Yeah, they literally it's scrape the... off from their own school. Yeah, when they scrape it to to like repaint it, they save the scrapings. And it gets used on the helmets. That's terrible. That's very green friendly. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, dude. I feel like that's a fairy tale. I feel like they don't do that. The contractors that are doing that are like, fuck that. (laughs) They're just up there (laughs) spraying away. They probably also don't... uh, you know they repaint the football helmets every week, so probably it's probably like a portion of the recipe. It's probably not the entire. Oh the yeah, entire and does thing. does Rudy come by and you know bless the 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 field and you know when they come out on the field to like angels, does God send the angels down to you know put like angel dust everywhere? Yeah, that's pretty much <laughs> what happens. Okay. All right. That's ridiculous. Anyways, I did, I could have lived my entire fucking life with that. Now I'm just mad. I could have been lived my entire life without knowing that little tidbit of whatever you're calling fact. I call bullshit. I don't think that's true at all. That they scrape the paint off and put it into the players' helmets. It's dumb as shit. Um, God damn it, Polly. Why'd you tell me that? Well, it's it's fine. You hate Earth. <laughs> it literally ruined my the whole ruined my day. The rest of my nights fucked for because of that. The LA Kings game. I the Robocop helmets Okay, whatever. That it's LA, fine. I thought it looked better than the Vegas ones, but I have such a deep hatred for Las Vegas or for the Vegas Knights that that's fine. Um I figured it was just my bias. But you're confirming that it is actually it looked better. Uh, sure. The only helmet that did look good in that style was Jonathan Quick's because I think goalies get like a way more – a larger palette to work with. And they just have more style, man. Goalie style is on, on point, you know. Um, but yeah, like I was saying, um, 
the the uh, the game was just incredibly interesting and fun to watch. Like I didn't care that there was no score. I I actually liked it a lot. I thought it because when you get into the third period at this point, everybody's playing with like you know such jam that they don't want to mess up and cause a goal on their own end, but they're also like loose enough to still be pushing. And I thought that this was like a perfect example of one of those games. And Absolutely. I mean, I, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I think people underestimate like um, how exciting it can be when there isn't scoring happening because it puts everything, everything puts you on the edge of your seat because the next play could be what breaks you know, that nothing, nothing tie that they've been working so hard for to, to keep the score down. Right. And it wasn't like that this, this game had no chances, you know, this is a goaltending matchup this is a defensive matchup, but I mean, there was a lot of offensive opportunity on each side. I mean, Kempe, uh, who's a little fucking rat. I didn't realize he was such a little bitch. And, and I, I probably say this every season, but God, that guy was such a shithead. Um, along with, you know, Kopitar, who's obviously a stud. I mean, that guy's a Hall of Famer. Um, you know, but you knew that it wasn't going to be like a snipe from the slot that was going to end this. It was going to be a good hard shot in and then a garbage goal. And lo and behold, Hathaway right there, who was in the mix all night. This dude was just under, he was just in everybody's shit all night and I loved it. Yeah, man, he's he's really having a good couple weeks. Um, it it's really good to see that he's getting on the scoreboard so often. Uh, yeah. I think Quick Quick played a really good game. I mean, he, he shut did. down Obi multiple times. Oh yeah. I mean, he he had Obi's number, and you know Hathaway, as you and and Locker like to say, really really bumping up the tertiary scoring. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Um, and, you know, it's great to see that the Caps are getting some depth scoring in big, big moments there. I mean, we saw it in 2018 when we won the Cup. And, you know, unfortunately, Ovi was a bit silent in these first two games. He was getting his chances, but, look, they don't always drop. And Jonathan Quick, uh, American guy, shout out USA, uh, had a really good game. He looked like he was 25 years old again. Uh, I think that I think there was really uh, nothing that was going by him unless it was a secondary chance, and he was gobbling those up pretty pretty easily. So the big thing for me was like, when are when is everybody going to fight? This was a physical and chippy game, and you know you go into LA and the Kings play that style. They're not known for their goal scoring, not ever. I mean, throughout even their cup runs, their biggest question was. That's fine. They can play good defense. They can play physica- physically, and they have great goaltending. But like, who's going to put in the goals? I mean, you have Dustin Brown and Anze Kopitar as like some of your top, and then they had Carter. They did have Carter, uh, but really, like as far as goal scorers go, LA has never been a high scoring team, and uh, I think this really kind of showed exactly. Their game and the Caps played an amazing road game. I thought it was just straight up grade A hockey here. Uh, the cherry on top, though, is the Samsonov shutout. Yeah, man, it'd be great if Vitek could snag a few of those. I know, right? So, you know, 
I think that, uh, you know, I think that it, this was, I, he didn't face a lot of shots under 30, but he still was there and the Kings had chances for sure. Uh, you know, and then you know, it goes into uh, to our next game here. Should we just keep moving uh, into San Jose? And this was another shutout, right? The San Jose game. What was the, what was the score to that? It's escaping me right now. Uh, one second, I'll pull it up. It was um, it was four to nothing. Yeah. So. This is a back-to-back shutout for Samsonov, which you like to see. Are you and, and before we get into the Sharks game, are you still VTech team VTech, Polly? Yeah, I mean, I think I think he's the most consistent in the long haul. Um, Sammy hasn't given us uh, a large enough data set to see if he is consistent in the long haul. And maybe this year we'll get to see that, you know, if he keeps performing well, maybe Lavulette will keep putting him in the net. Um, I also think Vitex had some of the harder matchups. Oh yeah. You know, he's going to play the, the cupcakes in the East. And I mean, the Kings are, are a much better team than they have been, but you know, the, the ducks are, far superior to the Kings, at least at the, and the Sharks are, I think they're, they're doing all right as well, but out of the first three games, VTech had the hardest game. Uh, and I know I just sound like I'm sticking up for him here, but I mean, Sam Sonov, he's been doing great. And you know, if he's going to be, I, I, I do, I like VTech better, but Sonov's going to perform better. Well, then I think that's who should be in. I, I think it'd be silly for me to, want VTech if he's not going to give the Caps the best position to win. I think that, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, man. Uh, let's look at it this objectively. And Simpsonov's played very well. Don't get us wrong. But he's also had all the cupcake matchups. Uh, he's been getting the easier starts. And LA and San Jose are two great examples. Um, you know, with, with LA, it was a big, it was a good game. But it was a low shot affair, and the boys were blocking shots in front of him. Um, and it's LA, you know. Uh, VTech gets the Ducks and drops it in overtime, but it happens, you know. Uh, it's a West Coast road trip. I so if tomorrow we play Tampa Bay or wherever, who would you who would you suspect being that? Who would you pick if you're a coach? A big, um, a big matchup with implications. If that was right now. Well, I think I'd have to go with Simsonov just to see how he performs in the big matchup. Really? Uh, so you would, you would, you would go with Sammy. If playoffs started today, you'd go with Sammy. Um, no, if playoffs started today, I'd go with VTech. Okay, but I okay, mean, that's what I was if, going for. <laughs> still in this point, still this point in the season, uh, I think Vitex or Samsonov needs to get in some of those tougher matchups to prove whether he's, you know, really in it or if he just is getting the 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 lucky draw on teams. I hear you. I hear you. 
All right. And I think I, I think I'm in the same boat, man. I still think Vitek's our guy. Um, and I'm not going to apologize for it, to be completely honest. Uh, I think Vitek is um, just a little bit more sturdy. I don't know if he's going to make that ten dollar save. And dude, Samsonov has like this weird Hashik s esque type style. He's flipping and flopping around. He looks out of position a lot. Uh, I, 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 you know, my number one criticism of him when he first came into the Caps was that he had too much happy feet. Like he, he did never seem to be like fully set for the puck. And maybe that's what he will, he likes. And maybe his like largeness. Cause I mean, he's a real tall guy. Maybe that's what is what he relies on. But I feel like that's going to get eaten up against a team who knows where to shoot and who's going to set up the right shot for him. Uh, so who knows? Uh, along with that though, it is a lot of unpredictability on the shooter's part with, with Samsonov in net versus VTech. I mean, I think that they could, there's a book out on both of them at this point. I think that VTech is probably easier to dissect for a video coach, but I think that Samsonov, uh, while he has some technical flaws, I think he's a little harder to predict as like, is he going to get that 10 bell save? He might. And that could be a game breaker. Uh, it's so it's tough. It's tough. Do you go with a guy who's going to make the flashy save? Or are you going to go with a guy who is going to give you a chance to win a night in and night out? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, long haul, I, I favor a VTech style more, but you know, maybe, maybe Sammy is more consistent than we think he is, we just have to see him put it into into action. Right, right. So, I'm. It's a good problem to have. I'll say that for the Caps. Yeah. You know we've got a got a good healthy goaltending competition and a battle, uh, but I think the jury's still out. And if if you're on any like given side and fervent about it, with I think that you're wrong. I don't think that anything is set in stone yet. So, anyways, San Jose, Oshbabe returns, gets an apple right off the bat. Love it. Uh, Shuri and Ovi get the first goals. Love to see it. Love the – I mean, again, here's our depth. Big guns firing and and the uh, the depth is supporting here. It's 2 nothing after the first and the Caps really never looked back. Second period had the, the Sharks – the Sharks did charge back a bit. Uh, how about that hurdle play coming off the left boards there? Just the forehand, backhand, C-bar. It always amazes me when a player can basically shoot a backhand while facing the intended target instead of being like to yeah. the side or away. Yeah, it's like they're doing it on purpose instead of that's their own. Like for us, backhand is like your only option. But yeah. For them, he's firing that backhand shot as if he was sniping forehand. Yeah, purely to get the better angle. Like, because yeah. the shot that Hurdle put off, that was the only way he could have done it. The only way he would have been able to beat as a left-handed shooter, uh, glove side on Samsonov, would be to take it backhand and then roof it. Um, and he did it with such velocity that it was probably like my slap shot. Yeah, probably harder than either one of us, honestly. Oh, easy, Polly. Come on. I mean, I got a, I got a clapper on me. I mean, I can let it go. Hey, 
I, I put some self degradation in there. <laughs> um, so I think the Caps got pretty lucky coming out of the second with the uh, with the shutout intact, and then I made it to ten minutes into the third, and next thing I know, it's the Roku screen. <laughs> Me waking yeah. up at like three in the morning. Did you watch the end? No, no, I I ended up catching the highlights for the for the third as well. Yeah, it was it was Betty by time. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, Ovi and, and Shiri each grabbing two. Um, yeah, so Ovi I, had an empty netter, is that right? And then Shiri had another one. Yeah, so you know, I know I had said this before. I really hope um, I hope Ovechkin is able to break the record with less empty netters. Than Wayne Gretzky, just to kind of take that possible detraction out of the argument. While it really doesn't matter to me because you look at the way Ovi score in empty netters, and he's like rifling it from the <laughs> other end with like half a second to make the decision and the move. So right. it's not like he's just tapping it in and no one's in his way. Like his empty netters are still taking skill. Yeah. Um. So I'm you know, a little torn when he scores these because I want him to not have more than Gretzky, um, at least until he breaks the record, because that's just another record he could have, the most empty net goals in history. But, um, yeah, I, de- I definitely want him to score more when there's a goalie in net because that will shut down the, the detractors that are bound to come out, you know. Yeah, he had, you know, say he breaks the record by three goals. Yeah, he right. broke the record, but ten it took him you know, ten more empty netters than Gretzky. So, you know, did he really beat the record? You know, I just there will be idiots that say that. Right, of course, of course. Um, all right, well, and and I agree. I mean, I don't I don't care how he does it. Give it, give him the empty netters. Fuck it. Uh, you know, I think a lot of people are going to be like, oh, power play goals, and he only shot from one place. And I mean. The people who say he only sits there and, and shoots from one place are so fucking stupid. Like, at this point, that that argument should be gone. Because just like you, fucking beer-farting, mouth-breathing shitbag who's just in there fucking dripping pizza grease all over your beer belly, <laughs> you know, you know that. So I'm sure that everybody else in the NHL who makes millions of dollars to know that knows that and it still happens. So it's the fact is, is that it happens and no one can stop it. No one has been able to stop it. So, you know, I mean, that's that's a, a benchmark or a, of, of apex skill to me. Um, but, you know, and I mean, empty netters, give them all of them. I don't care if the rest of them are empty. netters. just make them break the record. Just break the record. Who cares? Yeah, I mean, I'd rather that than him not break the record for sure. Right. Um, you know, and just two two counter arguments to what people could say there. When it comes to empty netters, look at how many people miss when they're shooting empty netters. So right. there's the first counter argument. And when it comes to power play goals, um, you know, he's got 14 goals this season, and that was just his first power play goal. Right. So less than 10% of his goals – have been on the power play. So obviously that's not all he does. Yeah. And Caps fans, the Caps are leading the league in power in five on five goals. 
this is something that has not happened in a long time for the Caps. I mean, to lead five on five goals and the, I mean, that's, that's, it means you're playing good hockey the majority of the time. And I like it. Uh, the Caps look really good right now. Of course, it's a very long season. We could be just, you know, we could watch them drop 10, but that's not generally the case. I mean, you know, Cap says we're just we're just spoiled right now. We're we're being very spoiled to see this at this stage of Ovechkin's career. Uh, I mean, Ovi must have heard John Scott talking shit and all these others haters yeah. because he is just out there on fire. Um, and not only that, the whole team's supporting. You know, look at our young guns looking really good, way better than I thought that they would. Uh, is it and and who knows if we can sustain this? If we can sustain this, I think the Caps look like a really good, like a really strong Stanley Cup contender. And I think that maybe the injection of these young guys is is you know a large part of it. Um, but as we're dissecting this last week, this is an amazing away West Coast trip. You know, this is where this is the one thing that's on everybody's calendar. I'm sure in the locker room and saying like, ah, shit, we got to go all the way. We, you know, we got to be away from home for a week and a half, two weeks. We got to go through some, you know, a lot of travel, buses, hotels, uh, you know, and playing games, and then two back to backers. I mean, that's rough. Caps have looked really good thus far. Um, so enjoy it while it lasts. Let's hope that we can keep this momentum going, going through the mid, the middle season stretch, and then finally down the stretch of the playoffs. As far as last week predictions go, I've got Ovi. I had Ovi at four goals. He scored two. Polly had him at three. Uh, he's going to score two tonight, so I'm going to win that one. <laughs> and I also had the the team record at two, one, and one. I also win that because Paula, you had three and one, so I'm just yeah. winning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you get this week. <laughs> You're just gonna take that. All right, fine, fair enough. Um, next week, though, we'll be covering the Seattle game that's happening late tonight, and Montreal on the 24th uh, at home, Florida at home, the 26th. That's going to be a big test because Florida's doing really well. They're actually above us right now on the power rankings, if you pay attention to that dumb shit. Uh, and Carolina, at Carolina, 1 p.m. matinee. <sighs> Dude. I don't know. Well, I don't Florida, know. Florida's Black Friday at 5 p.m., so you know yeah. you can watch that game and still have your whole evening. That's true. That's kind of that's not really and- a matinee, though, so that's good. Yeah, you can go out and, and throat punch some people for PS5 yeah, or an right. Xbox. <laughs> Crazy I, need a, I need a projector for the office, so I think that I would kill someone for a projector with my bare hands if it was like 20 bucks. I'd, you would at least slew foot them. <laughs> All right, so next week, goal predictions – uh, I'm going three, man. I think I think Ovi nets three. I'm going with two. All right, and then my uh, oh man, 
man. Montreal, Florida, and Carolina. Reality might hit us hard, Caps fans. I'm going to be honest. I think uh, you got two and one, Polly. Fuck you. I'm going three and zero. Oh, all right. <laughs> We're going perfect. Caps are going to be perfect. We're going to kill Montreal. We're going to show Florida who's daddy. And then we're going to take that right into Carolina. Now, there's a day of rest in between each of these games. I think that the, the Caps are going to be able to break through. Who cares if it's a matinee? We're going to win it. I hope you're right. I hope so, too. Um, all right. So, next week, or I mean on Thursday. I always say next week. I don't know why. On Thursday, we're going to be talking about this whole Rick bonus drama. I don't know if you've heard about it yet, but we'll go into it and about what kind of dick moves this guy's pulling out in Dallas. And Polly, you've got an NCAA uh, update. Is that right? Yeah, there were, uh, there were a couple upsets this past weekend. So going to talk about those. Um, and if you are one of our live stream viewers, we're going to go back on right after this, as we always do. So you could always watch the Caps game on mute and listen to the Thursday episode following this. I don't recommend it, but hey, if you want to. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can listen to us, and then once we're done, watch the rest of the game listening to Joe B and Locker. Well, I'll say this. The Hockey Chili Check is always way better than, than the Snack Time with Collie Cupcakes, and it happens first, so... Wow. <laughs> Just kidding. That's a joke. I'm totally joking. Totally. Actually, actually, Polly's very prepared for his. I'm not prepared at all. So in about 10, 15 minutes, we'll be back up live streaming. But if you don't catch that, catch us on Thursday. And again, thanks a lot for tuning in. Until Thursday, Caps fans, Hockey Troll, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey Caps fans, thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Journal podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social and the Hockey Podcast Network.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore. <laughs>